What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins. Today is Wednesday, June 1st, 2022. Today on the show, a look at our defensive side of the football for our way-too-early 2022 53-man roster projection, including a comparison of how the quality of talent on that side of the ball compares to where it was when the Dolphins entered this offseason. Let's get it. You are Locked on Dolphins. Your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here, Locked On Dolphins, Wednesday, June 1st, 2022. We are another month closer to the start of the 2022 NFL season with training camp opening Next month, I'm Kyle Krabs, your host, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, your host here on Locked On Dolphins, and we are in the midst of a two, maybe three-part series. We'll see how the uh, the shot clock treats us today, but uh, we're looking at the 53-man roster projection for the Dolphins at this point in time. Yesterday, we looked at the offensive side of the ball. Today, we're looking at the defensive side of the ball and specialists, to be totally fair, so we'll get 53 players predicted between yesterday's show and today, but we're also looking at the roster assessment that we conducted on this show at the beginning of the offseason, whether that the players that were under contract were franchise cornerstones, quality starters, adequate starters, quality depth, replacement level players, non-roster caliber players, practice squad players, incomplete evaluations, a.k.a. young players that haven't played enough for us to be able to speak confidently on. There's a lot of options. And as we went over yesterday on the show, the Dolphins, the one thing you can say about this roster, despite the questions that still exist, is the level of quarterback play they're going to receive and who's going to play right tackle. The vast majority of the skill groups for the Dolphins has experienced a massive upgrade on the offensive side of the football. I can tell you they have three franchise cornerstones on that side of the ball. And if you don't believe me, you can go listen to yesterday's show. Because today we're focused on the defense. Defense will be an interesting conversation because, of course, as many of you know, the Dolphins made a conscious decision to effectively bring everybody back. Right? Your most high-profile loss on the defensive side of the ball this past offseason was Justin Coleman. They made the conscious decision to bring all the established starters back. They kept Josh Boyer with the head coaching change. Uh, a very deliberate effort to try and keep the identity of the football team as intact as you possibly could whilst changing the head coach in an effort to create a more balanced football team. Whether or not that works uh, is going to be determined. We're going to have to see how that plays out throughout the course of the season but what I can tell you is this. The Dolphins' roster on defense has, in my opinion, a franchise cornerstone in four, three or four of the five position groups that I have classified. We have edge defenders, interior defensive linemen, linebackers, cornerbacks, and safeties. Blue chip players, cream of the crop. I think they exist in three or four of the five on that side of the ball. So now with the Dolphins, they entered this offseason uh, with just 
a handful, five franchise cornerstones in general. Javon Holland, who I'm ready to put in that category based off his play already. Xavier Howard. Uh, Christian Wilkins has earned that, even though he's not an all-pro or Pro Bowl honoree to this point in time. His play last season warranted and indicated that. Jalen Waddell. And then I think the one that's up for the most debate is Emmanuel Agba, because he's not a 15-sack guy. But his disruptiveness, he's amongst the top 10 in pressures over the last two seasons combined since he's played in this system. He's very active batting down passes when he's not getting 9.5 sacks per season. So let's start with the edge group. Because if you want to call Agba a roster cornerstone for the Dolphins, not a franchise player, but a roster cornerstone, I wouldn't argue with you. You want to put him in the top tier. You also have Jalen Phillips, first-round pick from last year. I do believe he is going to be capable of elevating his play and becoming a quality starter in year two. Melvin Ingram signed in free agency this offseason. At this point, from a starter's role, I think could be an adequate starter. You're ideally asking him to fill the depth role. But that gives you three starting caliber players. Plus Andrew Van Ginkle, who I'm going to classify as quality depth. I think his best work has always been when he is serving as a speed secondary pass rusher and when he is playing on special teams. That is the perfect DNA for quality depth player on your roster. If you wanted to push him into a starter's role, I think he could be an average starter. But you're aspiring for more. That's why you... Paid Emmanuel Agba what you paid him with the contract extensions. Why you drafted Jalen Phillips in the first round. But for a 53-man roster projection, I have those four names, plus I have one more. And I was torn between Brennan Scarlett, the veteran strong side defender who uh, the Dolphins had on the roster last year, and they seemed to like, at least the defensive staff seemed to like, and Cameron Good. Uh, Cameron Good, the seventh-round draft choice this year. I went with Good, and it was because of versatility. Brennan Scarlett, he's a frontside defender. He's going to set the edge. But I don't know that you necessarily need a bunch of those guys with how deep the defensive line in general runs versus a guy like Good who can be a complimentary pass rusher if he takes a big jump and the, the coaching catches early on. And he's got much more range to be able to play on teams as well. So I kept five edge defenders. Agba, Phillips, Van Ginkle, Ingram, and Good. To go with five interior defensive linemen. It should not shock anybody who these names are. Christian Wilkins, Zach Sealer, Raekwon Davis, Adam Butler, and John Jenkins, who they made the choice to bring back. So ten defensive linemen in total. And here's the exciting part about this group. We already mentioned Agba putting him in that Dolphins roster cornerstone player because he's been a hallmark player for them the last two years. You also have Christian Wilkins. So you have two top-tier blue-chip players relative to the scoring scale we're using to evaluate the roster. Then you also have three players who I think are quality starters. Jalen Phillips, Zach Sealer needs to play more snaps, and Raekwon Davis. Raekwon Davis doesn't pay a, play a high-impact role for the Dolphins, but his ability to play that role is quality. So you've got five guys on your defensive line who are either roster cornerstones or quality starters. 
And that's why you make the decision to bring everybody back. Right? Adam Butler, I would regard as quality depth. Uh, he's a sub-package player, exactly what the role is for Melvin Ingram, but there's less of an upside to Butler playing 50-plus per percent of your snaps. I would regard John Jenkins as a replacement-level player, but I would like them to have a backup nose tackle on the roster that's not one of Christian Wilkins and Zach Sealer. I don't think that, or Adam Butler, I don't think that plays to any of their strengths. So Jenkins makes it because we need somebody to directly back up Raekwon Davis. And when we talk about it, it's a more-you-can-do league, that's why that more-you-can-do is more important. Because if you have some guys with some versatility, you don't have to burn a roster spot and a backup nose tackle. Maybe they'll put him on the practice squad and elevate him every week. I don't know. But for the way-too-early 53-man roster projection, 10 defensive linemen, and half of them are quality starters or franchise players. That is obviously what you're hoping for when you hear the phrase, build the trenches. Perhaps you'd like to build something else. Build your body. You can do that with Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar. Tastes like a candy bar. These things are high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. They have 100% chocolate on all their bars. They're absolutely delicious. So here's the deal. Right now, you can go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 and save 15% off your next order. That is Built.com. Promo code LOCK15 to save 15% of your next order of the world's most delicious protein bar. Look at the linebackers. Uh, the linebacker room is fun. Uh, the linebacker room has an obvious rookie that's been added to the mix. You have Jerome Baker. Just about everybody else was had to be brought back. You had to make the decision to give them a new contract. And from a communication standpoint and understanding of the scheme standpoint, that's why this decision was made the way that it was for you to bring back Elena Roberts and Duke Riley and Sam McGuavin, who are the, the three other veteran players in addition to Baker that I have making the roster as linebackers. Of course, I have Channing Tindall, the team's third-round draft choice, projected in here as well. I do have him high up on the, the roster, the, the linebacker depth chart. Uh, I do expect before the end of the season he will be a starter. Uh, grow into that role, especially with more experienced players around him to kind of make sure he doesn't have to uh, hit the ground running and be an absolute master of the playbook right off the jump. That his range and explosiveness and tackling radius is going to be such a stark contrast versus that of Roberts as the other primary stack backer. And it will be very difficult in my mind to keep him off the field. I do qualify Jerome Baker as a quality starter. I think the variety of ways in which he can make an impact has at times throughout the course of his Dolphins career uh, hindered him by the Dolphins being prompted to ask him to do more than he probably should be doing because he is smart, he is fast, he is explosive. But then he also has taken reps as a 3-4 outside linebacker like he did last year. And he did really well with it. So... It's, it's hard to get a feel for Baker because of all the different variety of roles that he's been asked to feel. But I do regard him as a quality starting linebacker in the NFL. Of course, Channing Tindall is classified as a rookie. We don't have any information on what he's going to look like as an NFL player. Elan and Roberts I have down as a replacement level player. Uh, I think you can find the hammer between the tackle in a lot of different spots as evidenced by go check out the, uh, the free agency market. 
The leg up that Elanen has is that he is familiar with the system. He's been in the system with Coach Flores, who's obviously no longer here, but that familiarity extends well beyond just the tenure of his time in Miami. And that gives you a lot of leeway to make sure you're able to play in this system. Now, when does the mental payout no longer serve as a surplus versus what are some physical limitations for what the Dolphins are able to do with that personnel on the field? We'll find out. And then Duke Riley and Sam McGuav and I regard both as quality depth players. They're primary special teams guys. McGuavin's uh, really effective as a sub-package rush player when he's mugged up in B-gaps and they're running their games and twists and gap exchanges and in obvious passing situations. Duke Riley, a little bit more rangy, can drop into zone coverage. So those guys have some passing down value, and they're also guys who can run and tackle in space. And because of that, you really like what they offer you on special teams. Let's talk about the corners. Everybody knows Xavier Howard. Probably the best player on the roster. Well, maybe not with Tyreek Hill anymore. But best player on the defensive roster, for sure. Uh, the production speaks for itself. He's a franchise cornerstone player. The Dolphins did right by him. They gave him the contract extension this offseason with the pay raise. Byron Jones would be a cornerback one for probably 10 teams across the NFL. You obviously would like more ball production. It's obviously much more stark and dynamic of a difference when he's playing across from Xavier Howard. Uh, but I would consider him to be a quality starter as well. So that gives the Dolphins... Uh, through edge edge through cornerback four rooms you have three elite football players on the roster or roster cornerstones and you have eight total quality starters or for, or roster cornerstones the top of this depth chart is very very established so don't be surprised we get into to early next month and we're doing training camp battles we're not going to spend a lot of time on anything other than Roberts versus Tyndall there's not a lot to be had. Some pretty clear lines in the sand. Nick Needham I have as the third roster uh, corner. I do regard him as an adequate starter, uh, particularly in the nickel. He deserves a lot of credit for his growth as a football player the last three years. Noeg Benogany is uh, currently regarded as a replacement level player. We don't have a ton of reps of him defensively, um, but unfortunately I don't think that's by accident. And as a result, uh, I, I didn't want to take the quote-unquote easy way out and say, oh, well, he's an incomplete evaluation. He hasn't played. He got on the field on teams, and I think he'll do well there if he plays there this year, but you don't draft that at number 30 overall, right? We all know that. So uh, rel especially relative to his financial uh, implications, I regard him as a replacement-level talent. I have Keon Crossan making the roster. The, the team gave him a pretty substantial uh, contract. I think he's a quality depth player. I think he has the ability to play a lot of teams for the Dolphins. Uh, they're going to run a lot of six DB sets. Could see the field in that regard. Crossan is the fifth corner on the roster. And then Trill Williams, I still really have a hard time thinking they're going to let him go because they held on to him last year. He was on the active roster. Ultimate height, weight, speed freak. But you knew he was raw coming out of Syracuse. And the fact that he has a year sweat equity under this coaching staff, He's an incomplete evaluation, but I do have him making the roster, which leaves spaces for four safeties, which 
you probably would be able to guess if you wanted to. Maybe you want to be, maybe you want to gamble on who those guys are. I don't think Bet Online has this, but they have a lot. Our friends at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest odds, sports, and news developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, the fights, and next year's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device. To learn more about the trends in action, bet online where the game starts. We got safeties and specialists, and I have decided we are going to make this a three-part series. Tomorrow we're going to be dedicated to looking at uh, the, the volume of differences between each one of the roster categories from this 53-man roster projection versus the end-of-season roster projection for the State of the Union that we did versus my way-too-early simulated offseason that I did back in February, which we did a mock free agency, and we did a mock NFL draft. Should be a lot of fun. I don't want to rush that. So we'll do that tomorrow, which just leaves us safeties and specialists to get through. Javon Holland's name's already been mentioned on this show, and rightfully so. Couldn't help myself. He's, um, he's a real deal, guys. Obviously, he's making the roster. I have him classified as a roster cornerstone. Obviously, his play may regress. I've seen what he looks like in, in OTAs. He looks like he stacked on some muscle. Um, and he was already a phenomenal hitter and powerful tackler and running the alley and hitting guys at the catch point. And as long as he can still move, and he had plenty of range last year with his instincts, Javon Holland's going to be a problem for NFL teams to deal with. That plus saving Howard on the back end, uh, that becomes your ninth player on the death chart, on the defensive side of the ball, who is either a roster cornerstone or quality starter. Very exciting times. Three other safeties on this list. Brandon Jones, of course, uh, took a big step forward last year. His growth and, and personal development uh, is pretty exciting. Uh, you want to see him continue to grow in coverage. I think he's an adequate starter right now. The third down value that he has is playing low in the hole and as a pressure player. As long as you know what you're getting, great. Uh, Eric Rowe, I'm going to still classify him as an adequate starter. Uh, this time last year, I would have regarded him as a quality starter, but uh, I think there is a little bit of age regression that we need to be mindful of. The Dolphins weaning him out of that role for Brandon Jones a little bit. But Roe can still play man-to-man coverage against a lot of good tight ends. The only ones he struggled with in 2020 were the two elite ones that he played on the roster. I shouldn't be mad at Eric Rowe because he can't cover Darren Waller and he's in his hip pocket and Waller just happens to be Spider-Man. So, he's due less than... He's not due a spectacularly large cap hit as well. Uh, and because of that, I do think he will end up sticking on the roster. He's quality depth. He's versatility. He can play corner. We got to, we took that question on the podcast several times this offseason. Hey, what happens if somebody gets hurt at one of the corner spots? Well, Eric Rowe still being here is really going to help. Again, a more you can do league. And because of that, I have Rowe making the 53-man roster projection. Clayton Fejlum, special teams guy. I have him down as a replacement-level player. Um, you can find upbacks on the punt team in a lot of different spots. And we know when we've seen Fejlum take the field to play defense, teams find him pretty quick. 
but because of the special teams value, I didn't want to list him as a non-roster caliber player. I do think he can contribute on a roster. He just needs to be playing exclusively on special teams. As your fourth safety, you would hope that's what you're going to get. Dolphin specialist Jason Sanders, Thomas Morstead, Blake Ferguson. Sanders and Morstead, quality starters. Blake Ferguson, an adequate starter, obviously a younger player. Uh, but that's it. That's your 53-man roster projection. We're going to overview what that looks like tomorrow on the show and compare it to the start of the offseason and compare it to my mock offseason. So plan accordingly. Make it a great Wednesday. We're into June. Fins up. Keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. I'm Kyle Krabs. Thanks for listening.